everybody and welcome back to the Jill to Rose Talking Train podcast. So it's now 2023, can't believe we're already in a new year, it's crazy, it just doesn't feel like yesterday since it was 2022, um, <laughs> pardon the pun. Um, so yeah, so hopefully you've had a nice Christmas and new year and now we're all ready and looking forward to the summer, I imagine, um, or the spring. Spring is generally when I first start my um, competing times. I'll start to get a little bit more busy. So this episode is going to be looking at ways to enhance and improve your agility training going into the new year. I wanted to do this because I thought, you know, a lot of us will be looking at trying to really get get ahead of the game and try and prepare for the new season. So hopefully you might find this helpful. Um, obviously for everyone, it, it, you know, one thing might work for one person and not for another. So I'm hoping that I've got a couple of tips in there that each person can maybe take away. And if not, it's worth a listen anyway. <laughs> so yeah, so without further ado, we'll get into it. So tip number one, and it's something I do very regularly, is record my training sessions. So it doesn't need to be everyone if you know if you're not keen on being in the camera or you, you just don't have someone there all the time. But if you can record your training sessions, I always find watching them back, I can see where I went wrong, where I can improve, things that I did well that I maybe need to do more often. Um, generally, this was kind of down to my handling. So I did a lot of critiquing my handling, um, things like my footwork, and sort of seeing where I could maybe get ahead a bit better. Um, but generally, I always find when I watch my videos back, even in competition, that's another thing, recording your competition runs, I just find it so helpful in terms of progressing, especially because a lot of the time, you know, it's happened so quickly and so fast, it's so easy to forget what actually happened and where you went wrong or why you went wrong. Um, so yes, yeah, so I always think it's really useful to record any kind of agility I do. Um, generally, if you start with your training sessions, you can kind of improve from there. Um, as I say, it's maybe not for everyone. Not everyone wants to watch back. Um, it's quite a big thing though. I find in agility that a lot of people tend to do it. But if you don't, definitely start doing so because you'll find you'll pick up a couple of things along the way um, and sort of push yourself to try a little bit more in terms of, you know, if you feel like you're, you're maybe lagging on your footwork a bit, you'll try and work on that a lot. Something I did. So when I was first learning how to do Germans, um, how to do German turns, sorry, um, <laughs> um, I would try and watch my footwork in it and I did a lot of um footwork so it then just felt natural um I tend to find when you first start agility especially so much of it is to do your body language and a lot of the handling is you know footwork arms where you're looking and just being able to watch back and see where actually oh my trainer was right I should have done that there um it can help a lot because I always find as I say it goes by so quickly and it's like the flash of your eyes. I mean, we're talking like hundredths of a second sometimes in agility we're working with. So it can really help you to enhance your training and enhance your abilities. So that's my that's my opinion. Um, as I say, it's something that I think can be very beneficial. And especially I know people who do running contacts, they use a lot of, well, myself, um, starting with my running contact journey, lots of recording back so you can actually assess because, as I say, you can train your eye as much as you like, but it's so difficult in the moment when it's such a split-second thing to be able to assess and kind of see where you can improve on. So hopefully that's a useful tip if you're not already doing so. 
Tip number two is to plan ahead. So when you're planning to do a training session, if it's on your own at home, um, try and think about what you need to work on in first. So I'm very guilty of this. I'm your typical, okay, I'll just I'll just do something with the dogs. And then I don't actually think about what I need to do. So even if you're that kind of person, maybe have a list on your phone of things you want to work on. So when you are feeling a little bit impulsive, um, is that the right word? I don't think it is. When you're feeling a little bit more of a spare of the moment um, session, you can pull up your list and you can have a look at what you need to work on and actually progress a bit because we're all guilty of doing the things we love. So in terms of like agility training, I'll always stick to things that I actually really enjoy teaching. So things like um, skills. So jump skills is one of my favourites. Weave entry and exits I really enjoy doing and things like that. I'll mainly focus on them if I've got the option, whereas usually um, there's other things that I need to work on in different areas that need to be practiced a little bit more um so yeah so I would definitely try and make a list at least so then when you are feeling like doing a session you know exactly what's on your list that you can work on and it doesn't have to be everything in one session you can just do one session purely on maybe your jump skills or maybe um your seesaw end positions things like that um but I would definitely try and make it a bit more of a plan or a bit more an effort to plan um as I say I would do it all the time I do really like having small sequences or courses so there is a group on Facebook I don't think I've mentioned it before I'll have to try and find the name of it maybe link it um in the notes but there is a group on Facebook and I think it's one particular person or it might be a group of people that share their agility courses and they tend to put up small sequences and I'm always saving them um purely because it's really easy so when you're in a bit of a spare at the moment you've not got much equipment on you um on you still want to practice things they have so many options on there it's unbelievable and usually they post three or four um kind of examples of one course with three or four different sort of ways to do it and yeah it just helps you training a little bit more if you plan ahead have a small sequence or a skill in mind that you want to work on I always find it helps a lot in terms of progressing the dogs much quicker so next we have tip number three and that for me is to book on to either a one-to-one with your trainer or maybe a different trainer, book on to a workshop or book onto a camp. And I say these things because I always find it really helps me kind of lift myself out of a bit of a slump, if you like a training slump, and be a bit more motivated. So when I do a one-to-one with my guys, um, I absolutely love it. My trainer knows my dogs really well, so when I'm working with her, we know what we need to work on specifically. So I can set things, um, we can set things maybe more suitable to him rather than when we're doing a group class, um, that needs to be catered to everyone. So I always feel like a good one-to-one really sort of lifts my spirits, if you like, um, and gets me more motivated because plus my dogs get a little bit more time so I can work on things more, um, specifically and kind of perfect it a bit better if you like. Adding on to that, you've obviously got camps and workshops slash training days as well. And I find these are really beneficial for different reasons, maybe to a one-to-one. Workshops are definitely useful if you've got a young dog, you know, you're in a new environment, new dogs, new person that's training you. And it's all quite overwhelming maybe initially for some dogs or it could go the opposite. You could be very pleasantly surprised. So it's a good starting point, I think, to book a training day slash workshop. Um... And I also think it's really nice because you can train with a couple of different trainers and, you know, you're not fixed to a long period, especially for young dogs. I always find young dogs, 
um, a camp might be too much for them initially because you know you've got a lot of concentrated hours there of training and it's stretched over two days so your dog's going to be exhausted whereas you know you could book four um maybe four training days in on separate dates but costs the same maybe or might be a little bit more expensive depending on petrol and where you're going and stuff but generally I would do workshops with my young dogs gives me an idea as well before I want to start competing where they're at what they're like in a new place Rogue's got her first workshop booked for next week just after her birthday so I'm very excited I'm surprised actually she's not got around to doing one yet <laughs> it's my mistake there but um yes yeah, so we've got her first workshop and it'll just be a good chance for me to kind of see how she copes in a new environment I've got no expectations going into it but it's a nice way to get ourselves out there and also maybe encourage me to do a little bit more of her <laughs> but I also think as I say it's it's a nice way to sort of measure your progress from that starting point so you know from your first one to maybe a year down the line how much have you progressed as your dog got more comfortable in a new environment etc etc and camps are slightly different I always find camps really useful because you're doing lots in one short amount of time so um it depends on the dog I sometimes it might be a bit too much for some dogs I do tend to find my own dogs even the ones that I've done a couple of camps tend to lag a little bit towards the end because if brains have just gone boom <laughs> they've had so much information bit of information overload and yeah I just think they're really beneficial in terms of progressing quite quickly so because you've got two days generally it depends on the camp but two days of um consistent training you can kind of work with a trainer and then the next day they're able to progress on what you did yesterday so you're not just doing that one training session with them and then leaving it there you've you know you've got a couple of training sessions maybe and you're able to kind of see progress throughout the weekend I find as well they're really useful if you've got a dog that one you know is good at workshops but two you're not really like competition ready yet so what I mean by this is with rain before he competed last season, we had like three camps booked. And it was more because I think it was around my birthday, um, his first competition. So I kind of booked one for my birthday as well. But we booked three camps within the space of maybe two months. So they were two-day camps. And I thought it was really beneficial actually for us because it made me feel more prepared going into competition. Because when you book a camp, depending on who you train with, different people might be um, setting different things. But when I've done camps before, the trainers even though I'll be in like maybe the grade, for example, at the time Rain was in either um, young dog slash compete, just competing or one to three, if you like. Um, for him, it was set slightly harder than what he had to kind of do into competition. So it meant that I had, I had more confidence going into the competition thinking, OK, so he's done all this really hard stuff that couple of weekends before. There's no way that this straight line and a couple of turns and that one catch go is going to put him off do you know what I mean so I felt like for him it helped my mindset as well in terms of knowing what he's capable of because I'd kind of measured it before I knew what he could do he was doing far harder courses in the camps than he was in a competition because obviously at a camp they can set whatever because you can break it down you can work on it really like gradually whereas obviously in a competition you you know you want it to be grade appropriate so for me it made me feel a lot better and a lot more confident I definitely I would definitely suggest you know if you know if you be feeling a bit underconfident before the season starts try and book onto a training day or a camp um because obviously you're in a new environment and all those other kind of reasons I'd already listed um but it might give you that confidence before doing your first competition so it might make you feel a bit more 
um, comfortable in terms of your skill set. And also it gives you a lot of ideas of what you can work on. So sometimes, you know, training in a new place, it might mean you're given new challenges. So, you know, that you're, they're setting things that they don't have a clue maybe what level you're working at, but they will set something accordingly and you'll work through it. And I always feel like it's really beneficial anyways to even just train once in a while with someone new just to kind of obviously brush up on your your skills anyways with your dogs but to get some maybe new insight or um to enjoy kind of seeing your dog in a new place but yeah that's that's kind of my opinion I always find camps really elevate especially but workshops do too training days um they're really beneficial and plus I love training with multiple people I always find it really helpful and you might not think everyone's um advice is you know the best you might find maybe it doesn't agree with you or it doesn't work for your dog and that's fine you don't you don't have to take that at the end of the day you're not training with this person regularly it's a one-off or it might be you know a couple of days but it's not going to be the end of the world if you you know you're not a hundred percent confident in in applying maybe their kind of ways to it another thing um with camps is a lot around your club so you know some clubs I know can be a bit um choosy maybe not choosy is the right word some clubs can maybe not encourage you to go out and train with other clubs I mean I'm very very lucky that I've got two uh, very experienced trainers who have always really encouraged us to go out and train with other people they do it themselves it's good for their progress and you know they bring out ideas back for our class so even if you're you maybe you've done agility for years but even if you've been doing agility for years and you're teaching Sometimes it's nice just to train with someone new to get some fresh ideas as well for when you come back to teaching in your club. I guess this kind of still goes into elevating your training. Um, so, yeah, so it's useful and handy to work with other trainers to bring out new ideas with your own club. And as I say, that's something my club does. And I always find it really beneficial because I love when they've come back from a training day and they're like, right, we're going to do this because I've just done it on a training day. <laughs> so I kind of get the little um, a little bit of the training day that they've had, if you like. And I get to try new things. So, yeah, definitely give it a go. As I say, it's beneficial for me personally. It's beneficial for my dogs to see where they're at. But also um, for me as well to kind of get out there a bit more. Tip number four. I did this quite a lot when I first started agility. And I still tend to do it now, to be fair. But it is to look up different courses. You don't have to run them. You might not have the access to equipment. But just look at different courses that maybe are a bit higher skill level or a bit more than what you would teach now but have a look and break down the handling so what I mean by this is have a look at the course plan and kind of work through what you would do at different sections so if you need to break it down that's fine but I always really enjoyed looking at different European courses in particular and looking at how I would maybe handle one section obviously from paper to ground is completely different sometimes it shows um new routes and things that you maybe wouldn't have tried or wasn't as maybe clear as the best option on the course plan but is in person um but I find it really beneficial because I'm using my kind of course and course I'm using my dog's lines and trying to practice getting in the idea of problem solving because um, that's a big thing I think especially when you first start competing because you're not always going to have your judges there or judges <laughs> I can't talk today um, you're not always going to have your trainers there 
or you're going to have your friends from your club there, you might go to a show and be completely on your own. And you walk across and you think, oh God, what am I going to do? The best thing to do is obviously call your trainer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, feel free to message your trainer if you've got a good relationship with them and they're happy to, um, or a friend. But yeah, I would definitely try and look at the course and improving your problem solving because as I say it's such a useful skill and it's really fun actually I mean I always find it fun because I like to look at things and think oh maybe I'm not quite there yet and I need to work on that so again it's a good way to kind of assess where you're at in terms of your training level but definitely look at course plans the best thing to do is probably look at what big events have happened so maybe look back at agility world championship courses or look back at things like WAO and EO and all them kind of big events where you've got really high level courses. It doesn't have to be that high of a level. You can even look at um, judges courses in the UK. So I think there is an agility, agility judges UK, or there's some sort of group agility courses UK or something like that, where judges will put their courses up. You might even be friends of judges already who are sharing the courses or even people that maybe don't judge, but still post course plans that they're maybe doing training. But I definitely think it's beneficial to be able to look at a course plan and figure out where you're going, especially for the YKC. So if you're in YKC and you're doing Crufts, you will get your course plan before you do your coursework. And I, I think that's quite similar to things like um, the FCI, w, <laughs> Jill World Championships, EO, all them kind of events. Any big event, you will receive your course plan beforehand and then you'll get to walk it. Generally, you receive the course plan before because um, you've got a limited time to kind of walk the course. So if you can already start practicing looking and finding your best line and finding what works for you and your dog on a, on a course plan before you get to an event like that, it makes it much easier when one, you're under a lot of pressure, two, you're very nervous because it's a big event, and three, you, you know, you've got a lot of things you're already thinking about. You're thinking about your dog in that environment, you're thinking about your course and being ready and, and having a limited amount of time to walk it so if you can get in a routine of being able to walk a course via the course map and then when you go to walk it you've got limited amount of time you're much more experienced and you're much more prepared for that kind of um scenario it's very unique because obviously you don't experience it as much um when you come to do you know your normal day course um your normal um day of competing and things like ojac um or ojac um do think do that i think british Jill championships do as well they tend to put up their course plans before you have to walk it as i say it's really beneficial and it's a really good skill but also it might help you a bit more in your training so you might be able to notify what you kind of need to work on and things you maybe want to put up in training you might find small sequences you know if people who haven't got much equipment you might find a bigger course you can break it down to maybe three jumps and practice a small um sequence there that's going to test and push your um skills a bit more but yeah that's something i did quite a lot in the beginning and i found it really useful so hopefully you do too So just to finish, I would like to say a huge thank you to Naylor Agility for sponsoring this podcast. They provide very high quality agility tunnels, jumps and a couple of other different bits of equipment. Their tunnels are second to none. The quality and the standard is incredible. I absolutely love their products and I couldn't be without them. So thank you ever so much for sponsoring us.